He's our joy, isn't he? The joy of the Lord is our what? A merry heart does good like a medicine. I'm telling you guys, there's never been a day like today. You say, well, what's so special about today? Uh, our brother was singing in tongues. Now, you know what he was singing? The Lord has unsheathed his sword. The Lord has unsheathed his sword. And be sure of this, Almighty God will scatter his enemies. All right? God's not up there going, oh, I never saw this coming. I'm telling you, I want you to see something. God's going to vindicate his word. He's going to vindicate his promises. And so um, uh, the best is yet to come. Don't you, don't you think, thank you. Don't you think, well, the, the, it's the best days have come and gone. No, they hadn't. Uh, you watch this. I, I said, God, give me a word for this church. He said, torch. It's a torch. You're a burning torch. And everybody's going to begin to rush to the fire. Okay? A torch. I'm telling you guys, we don't have to walk with, well, you know, no, a bright burning torch and you're going to set this, set this place ablaze. And I'm telling you, not only the, the best is yet to come for you, this, this thing, I'm telling you, and you're going to come through it and you're going to be very, very victorious. And I'm telling you what the Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? We better straighten up. We're fighting from victory, not for victory. You remember our Savior stretched himself upon the cross and cried out, it's finished. He didn't say, I'm finished. He said, it's finished. Everything we need is complete. I'm telling you, he used, that's a farming term. It's finished. Everything that should have been done is totally done. Nothing's left undone. That needed to be done. Say complete. complete. And we're complete in him. Boy, I'll tell you what. Listen, angels are hovering all over the roof of this building. Now, right now, angels, they're, they're looking for somebody to say, Lord, send your helpers. Lord, send your helpers. Yeah, Psalms 91, 11. They encircle us. Psalms 91, 11. Psalms 104, verse 4. They are ministering spirits sent down to aid us who are the heirs of salvation. It says about the angels, they're innumerable. That means that's a bunch. You can't count them. And they're all on our side. They're here to help us. Most of us would be dead, mangled if it wasn't for angels. But I promise you, they're hovering. Uh, they're hovering over the roof of this building right now. And they're waiting for people that, that will say, yes, I want to I wanna partner with the angels. They're here to help us. I wrote a book about them and I put a little tick on everything I found that they did for Jesus, everything they will do for us. And I'll tell you, they're busy. They're not up there playing games. This is, this is it. This is the main event. When I grew up, I boxed. I, did, I didn't like sparring. I played football. I didn't like scrimmage. I like when the bell rung and the whistle blew. I like what's called the main event. That's what we're in right now. Look at your neighbor and say, this is it. The main event. I'm telling you, it really is. You say, well, I don't feel it. That's your problem. 
That's your problem. One time an angel appeared in the room and Bob Jones saw her and he said, we're going to have a lot of healings here today. I said, why? He said, Emma's here. I said, Emma who? We're sitting, me and Bob Jones were sitting up on some chairs in a, in a big old civic center and that's how we used to do the meetings. So there's Bob sitting there and he goes, yep. We're going to have lots of healings in this room today. How do you know that? Emma's here. I said, Emma who? He said, Emma the angel. I said, Bob, you're telling me there's an angel in this room named Emma? Yeah. I said, well, I don't see her. He said, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Stirred up the whole body of Christ. Uh, here's a book about angels. You, you, you ought to get it. They're all around us. Most, I'm telling you, angels are really real. I'll tell you what, uh, you, you see them. They're, they're a lot different. You know, uh, we had cascaded down where they're selling toilet paper. That ain't the angels in the Bible. I'm telling you, they're full of might and power. They have one, they have one mission to glorify the Lord. And anyway, Bob, there we are. He, he said, well, that's your problem. I stopped and I looked at every human being in that building, several thousand of them. I said, I don't see her. He said, that's your problem. That's three times he's told me that's my problem. So I said, Lord, if there's an angel here named Emma, I want to see her. Back there in the back, a shadow appeared on the wall. And out of the shadow stepped a, a little angel named Emma. Had a brown headscarf and a long brown coat. And I said, what's Emma in? A brown coat and a brown headscarf? Yep. And listen... Miracles happen like you could not imagine. Now, healing, yeah. Uh, so let me tell you, there's a lot of things we don't know. But let's don't be so ignorant we won't search them out. Okay? Just look at no telling what's available to us if we could just get in the realm of the spirit. And it says no weapon formed against us will prosper. I'll tell you what, that was really something. And it stirred up the whole body of Christ. Yeah, yeah, Bob Jones and Connor, they, they've seen a, yeah, yeah, what about it? God's got a lot of things you hadn't seen. We've got to pull back the veil. And I'll tell you, the veil is thinner. The Bible said, is, Bible said, as we behold him with an unveiled face, we're changed from one dimension of glory to the next. As we behold him, the ruling, reigning redeemer with an unveiled face. Now, my hand can be a veil. I can see you, but not very distinctly. Why? A veil's in the way. Let's remove the veil. Guess what the veil is over the body of Christ, over our eyes, keeping us from seeing the Lord in his majesty. Guess what it is? Tradition. That's the only thing I've ever found in the Bible. I'm screaming. Tradition is the only thing I've ever found in the Bible more powerful than the Bible. Teaching for commandments, the traditions of men, and making the word of God of none effect. We better, we better teach the word of God. And the word became flesh, not tradition. And so let's, let's, scrape every, let's scrape every callus off our eyes and let's look and behold the lamb and he'll move us from one dimension of glory to the next. Don't stagnate. I, if I was you today, I'd embrace Psalms 84, 11. The Lord will be a sun and a shield to us. No good thing will he withhold from those that are walking upright. He will give us Present day favor, future glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. You keep moving with God, you're going up. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm telling you, uh, okay, here we go. Whew, so let's get into some stuff. Uh, here's the angel book. You, you ought to get it. Uh, boy, I got in trouble with the Lord about this book. 
Lord appeared to him. He said, I want you to write a book about heaven's hosts, the faithful and the fallen. There it is. And he said, the faithful are the angels, the fallen are the demons. And so I wrote it. I, I, I wrote it and I, I wrote uh, mainly about the angels. So I'm driving my vehicle down the road. The Lord appeared right there in the seat and said, hey, I told you to write a book about heaven's hosts, the faithful and the fallen. I said, I did. He said, you did real good on the faithful, but you skipped over on the fallen. And I was going to justify myself. So I said, well, Lord, the reason I didn't give the devil much due was, you know, I didn't want to give him much notoriety. Didn't work. He wheeled around Jesus and said, you know my word. I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning the devil and his devices. And he said, the only way to keep the body of Christ from being ignorant is to teach them. And so I had to get back in there and write about demons. Now, when you see the devil, he doesn't have horns and hooves. He looks like a polished Spanish prince. He told Bob Jones, why, you know you can trust me. Uh, You can't trust one single thing the devil does. He, he, he lies every time he speaks. He's defeated and he knows he's defeated. He just doesn't want you to know he's defeated. First John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You're more than a conqueror. Okay, so get the angel book. Oh boy. Look in the back. All these little ticks are what angels do for us, what they did for Jesus Christ. Uh, angels are really, really real. Uh, they come to, uh, listen, uh, we live up here on this mountain, and I'm telling you, I have had visitation after visitation of angels. Can I tell you about one of them? Yes! Okay, here we go. We were, we were in the lodge over here. That's when we lived in the lodge. And um, I'm laying there awake about three something in the morning. I'm just laying there, and I, I, I heard a heartbeat. And as the heartbeat, a, a, a blue light started moving across the roof of the, the room I was in. And pretty soon, blue rods of light were all the way across my bedroom. And then the heartbeat got louder. And the blue light started elongating. They started flattening out like this, and pretty soon, one light touched the next light. Shoom! My whole roof went away, and I was sucked up into the courts of heaven. See, you better, you better be alert. God wants to carry you into places you've never been. And it says, you read it. You, you can read it, Zechariah. If you'll tend to my courts and handle what I give you to handle, I'll give you, to play, uh, I'll give you a place to walk among these that are standing here. You can get in the courts of heaven. If Paul got in the courts of heaven, Bobby Connor can get in the courts of heaven. I've been there. I'm telling you, these people that go, well, I went up in heaven and I, I played with Jesus like, no, they didn't. That's not what you do in heaven. I mean, it's serious business in heaven. You believe that? All right. Okay, dokie. Okay, here we go. Uh, so get the angel book. It's out there. And uh, Living in the Light. This is the thickest book I've written. It's the first words that God ever spoke to humanity, let there be light. And I I looked in the Bible, tried to find every verse I could find about light. It says, you will light my lamp, it'll flood my whole life with light. And I'm telling you, if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another. Over and over and over, there's verses about light. So that's living in God's light. Don't you want to live in light? What's the opposite of living in light? Stumbling in the dark. We ought to be walking in the light, not stumbling in the dark. Don't you think? 
So I, I hope you'll get the book. It is, it's the thickest book I've written. Oh, man. Here's chapter 7, 17. Brainwashed by God. We need to get rid of stinking thinking. Don't you think? Yeah, we need to know who we are. And you'll never know who you are till you know whose you are. We're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We can't be stopped. We're unstoppable. That's what it says. We're more than a conqueror. It didn't say you nearly made it. I mean, more than a conqueror means we run past the thing. Isn't that something? Hooper Nike, that's the word they wrote. Okay, that's, what, that's the word they wrote, Hooper Nike. All right, so living in God's light and angels, faithful and fallen. Yeah, so the Lord told me, so I had to rewrite and I had to write about the devil. I write about how he smells. You can smell each demon. They got a different fragrance. Okay, Bobby, tell me a fragrance of a demon. If you ever walk in a place and it smells like real rancid cat urine, it's incest. There's somebody involved in incest. You get around somebody and it smells like rotten meat. That, that's a perverse spirit. Okay? All right. That's homosexuality and all of that kind of stuff. You can smell demons. You can smell the Lord. How, how does the Lord smell? Good. Okay. You walk into a place. Okay. You walk into a place. Suddenly, it smells like fresh bread. What in the heck is that? Healing. Healing is the children's bread. You walk into a place, smells like rose petals, praise, laud, and honor. That's what's in the room. You can smell. We got to exercise our senses to discern between good and evil. That's right. Okay, let me get back up here. Okay, dokie. I said I wasn't going to scream, but I lied. I don't like preachers that mumble and apologize for nearly saying something. You ought to say what you believe and believe what you say or sit down. I love the team here. I'm telling you, we've known David and Shirley forever. Oh, man, first time I ever saw him, he was Rick Joyner's secretary. Then we went and did meetings together. I'm telling you, I get to go all over the world preaching. They are jewels. They're pure, clean, have no motive, but they want to bring glory and honor to the king. That's what we want. They're not trying to build their own kingdom. They're here to establish the king in his kingdom. And I'll tell you what, you need to pray for them. You need to lift them up. And, and God will hold you accountable for not praying for them. Pray for those, especially those that watch over your souls. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing some straightening up here. You're going to get God's light. Okay, get the angel book. Now watch this. I said, Lord, what do you want to talk about today? And he said, here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Christians' conduct to other Christians, believers' behavior to other believers. I said, okay. And so it just so happened I had some notes about it. All right. Here's what I'm going to talk about. God's manual on how to conduct yourself among one another. God's got a manual for it. He told me to write one, but I said, God, I already got one, the Bible. But here we go. You ready? Here it is. I want to show you something. I want to show you how many times the Bible talks about one another. One another. Esteem one another better than yourself. Here we go. 
One another is mentioned 59 times in the New Testament. I just happened to write them down. You ready? Here we go. 59 times one another in the New Testament. Number one, Mark 9, 50. Be at peace with one another. Quit the church splits. Come together. Esteem one. Okay. Okay. Okay, number one. We got 59 of these, so get your little papers out. All right. Be at peace with one another, Mark 9, 50. Number two, wash one another's feet, John 13, 14. That means humility. You don't, they used to have foot washing. Listen, they wash one another's feet. That's uh, John 13, verse 14. Here's number three, love one another, John 13, verse 34. Okay, there, here it is again, same thing. Love one another, John 13, 34, twice in the verse. Love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you what? Love one another. Okay, John 13, 35. Number six, John 15, 12, love one another. It would seem like love is a preeminent thing, don't you think? Yeah, whatever's not love, it ain't God. God is love. And we got to start ministering out of love. And loyalty to the Lord, okay? Number six, love one another, John 15, 12. All right, here we go. All of these are in there. The number seven, love one another, John 15, 17. Number eight, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, Romans 12, 10. Be devoted to one another. Well, they should have, you know. No, we got to start esteeming one another better than ourselves. All right, number nine, honor one another above yourself. Romans 12, verse 10. Honor. That's almost a, we don't even have a clue how we're supposed to be honoring one another. Uh, one time a, a pastor called me out of Louisiana and I used to go there and preach for him a lot and he had been there forever. And he was seasoned and wonderful and marvelous. Loved the people, the people loved him. And he calls me, he said, Bobby, I want you to come down and see if you could help us. I said, what do I need to help you do? He said, uh, I'm going to turn the church over to a, another young pastor, and I want you to come and help us with the transition. I said, okay, has God told you that's the person? He said, yes, he has. I get in the car and drive down there to Louisiana. They got crawfish bowls down there. Have y'all ever had a crawfish bowl? They do, but anyway, I've been there. Okay, but anyway, I get, to, I get down there, and here's, here, here's this guy, and he said, I want to introduce you to the young man I'm going to turn the church over to. You couldn't have picked any more opposite. Here's this seasoned pastor, and then here's this, uh, I mean, uh, wild young guy. And uh, I said to the pastor, are you sure? that he's the guy. He said, I'm sure. I said, okay. So I said, I got them together. And uh, I, the Lord said, give them this principle. It'll never work without this principle. Honor. Yeah. Honor one another. Yeah. I wrote about in the book. I didn't use their names. Honor. I had never seen such a transition in my life. Instead of losing all the old people, they kept all the old people and brought in all the new young ones. The church flourish went off the chart out of honor. 
and the, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't flattery, it was genuine honor. Amen. And the young man would honor the, the, the senior pastor and the senior pastor actually honored and esteemed the young man. It went smoother than butter. So we better learn something about honor, don't you think? One, there's a problem said there's no honor among thieves. So we better make sure not, we're not guilty of that. Now we need to start, like I told you earlier, you need to honor your pastors. I really pray for them. Pray for those that watch over your soul. Okay, anyway, I'm at verse number nine. Honor one another above yourselves, Romans 12, 10. Live in harmony. Ooh, Harmony. You believe if somebody's up there and everybody was playing in one note and somebody was uh, on another note, it would mess up the whole thing? See, it don't take but one guy to stumble up a whole bunch of people, okay? Honor one another. Number 10, live in harmony with one another. Romans 12, 20, Romans 12, 16 it is. Here's that, love one another again. Romans 13, 8, stop passing judgment on one another. Romans 14, 13. Number 13, accept one another then. Just as Jesus accepted you, Romans 15, 7. Aren't you glad Jesus accepted you just like you were? We got got to quit trying to shape people in how we want them to be. One of the greatest gifts you can ever do is just be you yielded to him. Don't try to morph yourself into somebody else. You be you yielded to him. And that, that's all God asked, okay? Now, that, that was number 12, stop passing judgment on one another. Number 13, accept one another, another just like God accepted to you. 14, instruct one another. Instruct one another. Uh, that, that don't mean lord over them. It means give them uh, advice which will help them to advance. Instruct one another, Romans 15, 14. Number 15, greet one another with a holy kiss. Well, that's what it says. Greet one another with a holy kiss. You know, I know it's in the Bible. It's Romans 15, 14. uh, Well, it's actually Romans 16, 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Yeah, you know, let's just blow a kiss. You know what I mean? We don't need somebody slobber down the back of your neck or something like that. All right. Number 15, greet one another with a holy kiss. Romans 16, 16. Number 16, when you come together to eat, wait for each other. Whoo! Just the cordial thing of waiting for everybody to be seated. <laughs> you know, we got, that's, that's in the Bible. When you come together to eat, wait for each other. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty-three. 33. This is conduct for Christians. Believer's behavior. I'm writing a whole manual about it. I got these down. Here we go. Number 17, have equal, equal concern for each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 25. Number 18, greet one another with a holy kiss. That's twice you've been told. Okay. And, and uh, oh man. Number 20, serve one another in love. Galatians 5, 13, serve one another. Is there anything I could do for you? And we need to, we need to aid one another. And encourage one another. And that's what we got to do. We got to look for ways to to encourage people. Just come alongside them. All right. Here's here's a good one. Number number 18, greet one another. That's that holy kiss again. It's it's three times right in a row. 
Number 20, serve one another, love one another. 21, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Galatians 5, 15. You think it's going to hurt them, it'll come back on you. You reap what you, but you always reap more. If you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. So whatever you're sowing, you're going to get it right back in your life. We better sow peace, love, harmony. That's what we want. That's what it says right here. But if you keep on biting and devouring each other, you will be destroyed by each other. Galatians 5, 15. All right, number 22. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Galatians 5, 26. Well, you know, if you were as good as me. That's arrogance and pride, isn't it? Oh, it's a stench in God's nostrils. Verse 23, carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6, 2. This is believer's conduct to believers. This is our behavior to cause the church to run smooth. Okay, carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6, 2. Number 24, be patient. Bearing with one another. Uh, let's see, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Ephesians 4, 2. Love gives you a real motive to act right, doesn't it? By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Love is tangible, isn't it? Yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's wonderful. I, I've, I've seen some uh, uh, old people that just, they just reeked with love. Come here, sugar, you know. And, and listen, uh, you never get too old to mentor to help somebody along the way. Right. You never get too old. Psalms 145 said, one generation will spend the rest of their time lauding and applauding the mighty deeds of God, convincing the coming generation that God's everything he says he is. All right, number 33. You ready? Well, well we better do 32. Forgiving whatever grievance you have may have had against one another, forgiving them. If you hold resentment against someone, guess who it hurts? Not the person you're holding resentment against, you. It'll eat you away, eat away yet like a cancer. Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. Well, you don't know what they did to us. I don't, but whatever they did to us can't be what we did to Jesus. Be kind, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. Wow. Number 33, teach one another. Colossians 3, 16. Number 34, admonish one another. Colossians 3, 16. Teach and admonish. What does admonish mean? Keep it up, brother. You'll get it done. It's going to be okay. That's going to be the best cake you baked. You know. Yeah. Encourage somebody. Okay. Do you believe your response to somebody can uh, alter their? Yeah. Okay. Now this is this is this is all true. I used to work at Nightpack. Uh, it was a big old fertilizer complex over there in uh, uh, Texas. And they, they made anhydrous ammonia. You could blow up half of the world with it. But anyway, we had a big old boy named Billy Ray Brown. Say Billy Ray Brown. Billy Ray Brown. Billy Ray Brown. Baby Huey. He, he's about that tall. Just a big old guy. And he worked down, he worked on, we all worked on shift work. 18 of us worked on shift work. And Billy Ray uh, had his own little place down there uh, where he kept messing with the gauges and all that kind of stuff. But we, we would bind together and we, we would, we could get Billy Ray sick. 
he'd be healthy as a horse. And he'd come up to the control room and there was where you had coffee and stuff like that. And uh, you'd say something like this, man, you, uh, you feel okay? You, you look pale. And he's healthy as a horse. And then somebody else would come by and go, man, uh, are, are you okay? And every one of us would have something to say. Pretty soon he'd call the nurse and go back to the house. And he's healthy as a horse. But see, we, we, we convinced him he was sick. That's pretty devilish, isn't it? We used to trade licks. Oh, man. I swung, I hit him real hard one time and skidded across this and hit him in the jaw. He said, okay. I said, you ain't hitting me. I'm I'm knocking the head of this stick. Billy Ray Brown. Okay. So don't use your ability to get somebody sick. Okay. Say, you're going to be okay. I've never seen you looking better. You know, Okay. All right, that'll help us admonish one another. Uh, Verse 35, make your love increase and overflow to each other. Make your love increase and overflow. Uh Uh-huh. How do you get muscles? Exercise the ones you have. Start exercising the love you have. Start with your family. Love one another. If you can't get along at home, you won't get along at church. All right, here we go. 35, make your love increase. 36, love each other. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. Verse 37, uh, number 37, encourage each other. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Encourage. How do you encourage somebody? You, you speak well over them. You, you congratulate them for uh, even small things they accomplish. Aren't you glad God watches over even every hair of our head? And he, he congratulates us over little victories. He really does. All right. Number 38, encourage each other. 39, build each other up. Now, it's almost the same word. Number 40, encourage one another daily. That's Hebrews 3.13. So you ought to have somebody at least you could call. Well, how you doing? Your family all right? Oh, Yeah. Well, could you pray for my son? He didn't come home. You know, build relationships. You know, care for one another. Meet their needs. Wow. Okay. This is pretty good. Now I'm going to write a manual about this so y'all will hear it later. (laughs) Encourage one another. Number 41. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Spur them on. You can do it. Yeah. Don't, Don't come up and go, well, you'll never get that done. No. Encourage them. Keep it up. You'll, you'll persevere and, and you'll get it. Encourage one another. Do not slander one another. James 4, 11. What's it mean to slander? Well, have you heard about so-and-so? You know, biggest mess you've ever seen. You know, God hates gossip. He hates the backbiter. He, he won't put up with it. Okay. Do not slander one another. You ever been in any deacon's meetings? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, slander is just a, it, it, it's an element in there. But don't listen to accusations against leadership. Because the devil wants to split every church he can. A house divided can't stand. And if, if, you, if somebody starts talking to you, well, you heard that, do you see when, you know what the pastor did? You say, I don't listen to that garbage and you hang up. But you don't go, oh, man, what was it? He did? Ethel. No. <laughs> D- 
don't get into that garbage. Okay? All right. Clean up around your own door. And don't, okay. Okay. Do not slander one another. Do not grumble against each other. Yeah. You know what? You know what they said? I was sitting right by, by uh, Bob Jones when he came to a meeting in Dallas, Texas. And some pastors behind me go, he couldn't be a prophet. Look how he's dressed. Here's, here's a prophet of God. He was dressed like a filling station attendant. <laughs> but that's none of the preacher's business. I think the, they thought you had to have a suit and a three, three vest, you know, tie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do what? Visters, yeah. But we were off at Dallas at a big pastor's conference. And they, they go, he couldn't be a prophet. Look at his dress. You know, somebody needs a cuffing, you know, just. Okay, there we go. Don't grumble against each other. James 5, 9. All right. Here we go. Number 45. Confess your sins to each other, James 5, 16. Bear you one another's burdens, confess your sins. If you're struggling, go to a friend and say, would you please, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase 10,000. You don't have to fight it yourself. I, I know a church that they, all the men, old and young, let everyone have access to their computer so they can watch anything you're watching anytime, day or night. I mean, that helps purify. I mean, see, the predatory pornography spirit is roaming. You don't have to look for it. It's out there looking for you. And you go, well, I'm an adult. I can watch. No, you can't. You can't. You get it in your heart. It'll tear up your marriage. It'll destroy your mind. All right. Now, okay. Number 46, pray for each other. Number 47, love, love, love one another deeply from the heart. Boy, don't, not, flattery without love ain't nothing. It, it, it's just worthless. Number 48, live in harmony with one another. Yes, I like that. Number 49, love each other deeply. 1 Peter 4, 8. Number 50, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. 1 Peter 4, 9. Well, we're going to have them over the house again. You know. <laughs> Guess what we did at our church? We had a little thing called, guess who's coming to dinner? We'd get anybody that wanted to participate, put, and we'd put their name in a hat, and then they'd draw it out and that way. Because we're cliquish. We want to just hang around the people we know. And so we'd have, guess who's coming to dinner? And they'd pull out a name, and they'd go to your house, knock on the door, and you, you served them dinner. <laughs> See, it broke up these cliques. Kadoki, oh uh, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Number 51. Each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others. 1 Peter 4.10. You got those gifts, not to hide under a bushel, but to what? Serve one another. Mm -hmm. God said he's put every manner of workman in the church. That's what it says. Number 52, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Humility, what is it? It ain't shame. It, that, that God don't want you to walk in shame. Humble, realizing you can't do a thing without him, but in him, through him, by him, we're really successful. And so that's what we've got to clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Number 53, greet one another with a holy kiss. 
of love. That's what it says, 1 Peter 5, 14. You can look at it. <laughs> love one another. For, listen, the most repetitive one in this is love one another. There it is in number 55, love one another. 1 John 3, verse 23. Number 56, love one another. 1 John 4, verse 7. All right. 57, love one another. 1 John 4, 11. All of these are in the Bible. He wants you to understand love is the preeminent thing. By this shall what? All men know we are his disciples if we have love one for another. You can't be in a church fight and get the gospel to the lost. Okay, so the devil wants to split us up. Okay, number 59, love one another. John, second John to John 5, love one another. And then if you do all that, we can move into edification, unification, and all that kind of stuff. So that's my deal on one another. Believer's manual on beloveds. We need to learn how to treat one another, don't you think? Esteem one another better than us. Did you know uh, God will put gifts on every, everybody? And some people are jealous of other people's gifts. Don't be jealous. Applaud them in their success. It's, it's pretty wild. It is something. Oh, we pastored for all these years. Oh, boy. We had 61 committees. I had a committee on committees to see if the committees were committed. This is true, isn't it? Oh, Lord. And I picked out the leaders of the committees. But it is difficult to get a church to work together because there's all kind of spirits trying to divide us because they know a house divided won't stand. You know that, don't you? So we need to come together. So what are we going to do if somebody is backbiting the pastoral staff? We're going to call the elders together and call the people and get them to shut their mouth uh, or, or move on. We're not going to allow them to sow seeds of discord among the brethren. We're not going to do it. Uh, just if, the, if you're not happy here, somewhere down the road. Okay. You say, well, man, I wouldn't, well, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove it, okay? And just tell them you can't act like that here, okay? Yeah, we, we, okay. You say, well, Bobby, I don't want to be that radical. I do. I, I don't contaminated sheep, do you? No. So I'm putting my notes up. Oh, boy. Most time I don't preach with notes. I just pull the verse. I pack them in and pull them out. You say, Bobby, you got a favorite verse? Yes, I have. Nahum 1-7. I preached about Nahum. They named the road Nahum. Uh, Nahum 1-7. says, God is good. A stronghold in a day of trouble. And he knows those that are trusting him. I'm so thankful it didn't say God was good or he's going to be good. He is. I-S. He is good. Right in the middle of your mess, he's good. And he's a very present help in the time of trouble. You can cast all of your care upon him. Why? He cares for you. He's not going, well, work it out yourself. No. Coming to me, all you that labor and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, I'm meek and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your souls. You go, well, you you don't know what I'm struggling with. God does. And if you've got a real prayer partner, share it with them. I want you to pray with me about this. And I'm telling you, there's just something about getting somebody to agree. The power of agreement is powerful. 
It's powerful, isn't it? Well, I don't know what I believe about that. Well, let's believe what the Bible says. Because there's all kind of opinions. They're kind of like armpits. Everybody has some, some, most of them stink. <laughs> opinions. Well, you know. Let's let the Bible say what it says. Don't you think? And it, it says plenty. All scripture was given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections in, in righteousness. And the man of God, the woman of God be thoroughly furnished unto every good work. Let's walk around a while. You want to? All right. All right. He's, you still got a lot in you, okay? Don't give up. Don't give in. God's going to turn some pages, but it'll be okay. Aren't you glad? Mm-hmm. I'm just wacky one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I used to arm wrestle for money. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I did. I, I, they bet their whole paycheck. This is all, this is, now, you know, I could pick up the front end of a car. And so I was working at NIPAC when we had to load box cars with 50-pound uh, bags of uh, anhydrous ammonia. So here, this is all true. Don't lie in church. So they, they'd bring in football players, and the, I, I could put everybody down. Wham! Wham! And I'd tell them, bet big wham! Then here comes a guy, a little old guy from, uh, you know, I'm, you're not supposed to hold grudges. I'm still mad about it. Here came a little guy named Frenchie Laverne. Frenchie Laverne! A little whimp about like that. And here comes Frenchie. And he said, I'll arm wrestling. What? I'll arm wrestling. I told the guy, they'd sign their paychecks over. I get down there. Frenchie's arm came about right there on my arm. He put me down so fast it was blinding. Wham! And all the guys go, <laughs> do it for real. I said, that was for real. Lost everybody's paycheck. First time I'd ever been put down. Frenchie Laverne, little old Cajun guy like that. About like that, small little arm. So, uh, I told my boys about Frenchie putting me down. And no other person had ever been able to put me down. Frenchie comes to my house. My two boys circle him like a wolf. Just like that. They said to Frenchie, you couldn't put my daddy down. I could have thrown Frenchie from here to them doors, but I didn't get to put him down. Isn't that crazy? Man, this is true. Carolyn said, you remember Frenchie? Frenchie's wife got real sick. Frenchie was a Catholic. It just couldn't even spell Catholic, but that's what he said he was. But So he... he uh, his wife got really sick. He asked me to come pray. And he, he, brought, he brought his priest with him. So we're, there we are. There's his wife on a ventilator and <laughs> really in bad shape. And so I'm there to pray. There's the priest. And so uh, they, they were going to pray. I have never heard so many. Hail Mary, Mother God. Hail Mother, Mother God. Hail, Hail Mary, Mother God. I mean... 20 minutes later, hell, Mary, Mary, I'm going I said, let's cut Mary out of this one. Let's talk about Jesus. It wasn't the blood of Mary, it's the blood of Jesus. And that old Frenchie turned his life to Jesus over that. The, you know, religion, hell, I went to, I went to, the, when I went to Nice, France, I went to Nice, France, and they put me in a nunnery. Where the, nun, where the priest and nuns used to live. 
and the ceilings were curved like that. I could lay in bed and go, and they go, it was entertaining. And the, I was supposed to be teaching the prophetic to these, I don't know what they called them. Uh, Onassis had his yacht down there at, at Nice, France. And these guys had their black robes and their white collars and uh, some funny looking hats. And I spent three days talking to them out of the Bible about the prophetic. I might as well have been talking to a log. I said, God, this ain't working. He said, get them outside of the nunnery. There's a rock fence there. So I said to the guys, hey, today we're going to go outside. We're going to go out of this rock fence. So we go to a rock fence. There's the guys that are fixing their skirts or whatever they're in. And they, they, they sit there. I said, okay, God, what are we going to do? He said, I'm going to demonstrate my power. I said, guys, watch this. God's going to demonstrate his power. <sighs> These guys are going, okay, oh yeah. I said, what are you going to do, God? He said, look up in that tree. I looked up there on the tree, out on a limb going that way was a, a lizard. A lizard. Iguana looking lizard hanging on a limb. He said, get them to look at the lizard. I said, guys, look, look at that lizard. Then the Lord said, say this. I'm going to command that lizard to come down here and get on my finger. So. I said, I command you in Jesus, get on my finger. Lizard leaped, got on my finger. These guys are in the dust. <laughs> a leaping lizard got them. The Bible didn't touch them, but a leaping lizard. See? Yeah, you, you'd have thought I was Moses or something then, you know. You know. A leaping lizard. It, I was pretty excited myself. That thing jumped off that thing and landed up there. You know. See, God will do some things to catch people and, and, and he wants people to understand Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And whatever he did then, he can do now. But that, that was, can I tell you one more story about the Catholics? I was, preach, I was preaching in a, a civic center and, I, and uh, I, I pulled up there and there was a par, another parking lot there and there's a, a maybe four, maybe five nuns little nuns about like this and they're all dressed up in their stuff and and so I get out and I'm trying to get my briefcase out and their their car is over there about 50 feet not not quite that and they're, they're walking around going oh me oh dear me oh me oh dear me oh me oh dear me and I, I went over there to them I said is there a problem and they go yeah we got to pray to St. Peter we've lost the car keys that's what they said I mean, there, there was maybe four, maybe five. And I said, let's cut Pete out. And I'll just ask Jesus where your keys are. Amen. And they go, I said, Lord, show me where these keys are. I walked over there to that car. That's, and I pulled the license plate down. And there was a set of keys right there. They had dropped them in that where you, you, they put gas in. And so I pulled the keys out. These, these nuns went nuts. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear. And they, they came to my meeting that night in the civic center. I called him up there. There they are like this. Holy Ghost knocks them down. They're rolling. They got hats knocked off and they're rolling all like, like this. And they're still going, dear me, oh me, dear me. You know, <laughs> sweet as they could be. See? Well, I, I got some stories to tell you. Here's one. I'm in Europe 
and I'm laying in a hotel room. The Lord said, I've got a project for you. I said, God, I'll do anything you instruct me to do. He said, okay, you're going to be a pagan today looking for God. What? You're going to be a pagan today looking for God. Everything I knew about God was extracted out of my head and my heart. I'm a pagan in Europe looking for God. So I thought, where are we going to find God? I saw a steeple. I thought, there's where you'll find God. Come with me to that. I, I get there and I pull the door open, this big old shrine, this big old building. I pulled it open like this. It felt cold. It didn't feel right. I looked over there and there was a whole bay of candles and there was the, the smoke was going up before a portrait of a woman. And I'm, I'm in there looking for God. I stopped and I said, I'm more likely to find a bat in here than God. In that smoky room full of candles. It, it was religion and not God. So I said, God ain't in here. So I leave out and I'm looking for God. I'm a pagan looking for God. I heard giggling. I heard the laughter of children. I turned around, I go there, and there was a fountain and children playing. And that's where I found God, in the laughter and the life of little children. See, it's not in religion, dead, listen. And boy, I'm telling you, then God put back everything in that he took out. We gotta find the real stuff. You want the real stuff? Good, what's your name? Josiah, look out now, man. What are you doing with yourself? Tell me about yourself. Just here. Hmm? Just here. Just moved Just back here from uh, Maui. Maui? Yeah. Okay. Here's what he said. Commit it all to him. Hold back nothing. Okay? It's up to you. It's not up to him. Uh, he's given you the keys. Okay? So hold back nothing. Let him purge everything out. You say, well, I can do what? No. We can't do whatever we want because we're fallen creatures and we'll listen to the devil before we'll listen to God. But God's, the Bible said, I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursings, choose life. Okay. How old are you? 36. 36. I, I'm just, I'll be 80 this month. Yeah, that's right. I'm telling you, we had a birthday party for me yesterday. Thank y'all. I never seen so much pumpkin pie disappear so quick. They, uh, that's good though. Listen, God's going to, he's, he's going to speak to you. Okay. And it's up to you. All right. And here, here's the deal. Don't let the pains of the past keep you from embracing the victories of the future. Okay. Good. It says weeping lasts for the night. What joy comes in the morning. That's Psalms 35. It says God's anger is, but for a tiny moment, his favor is for a complete lifetime. It says weeping will last for the night, but joy will come in the morning. You're pretty happy, aren't you? I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're happy. Y'all are back here in the cheap seats. What happened? What happened? You know, they go, well, uh, sometimes I get to talking real fast and I'll build a fur ball. I'll, I, I'll launch them, man. Carolyn, she warns me most times. She'll go, you know, and, and I'll know it's time to wipe my mouth, but okay. Okay. What are you going to do? You better make a decree. What are you going to do? 
We can't stay neutral. You're either for me or you're against me. You're gathering or you're scattering. No such thing in Christian life as middle ground. So what are you going to do? I'm for him. For him. I mean, hold back nothing. And I want you to shine and get a, get a little more pushy about who he is. Okay? Even more? Yeah. Yeah, really. That's what we got to do. I think the church has been uh, too tame. I think we're supposed to be more militant. You remember when, uh, remember when Peter cut off the guy's ear? And uh, Jesus said, put that up. That's not how we're doing it. And then what did he tell Peter at the last? Sell a cup of your coats and get two swords. Amen. That's what he said. So be a little more pushy. <laughs> you say, well, I don't. Well, we're salt. Yes. Salt is kind of irritating to an open wound, isn't it? Well, we got to get out here. Uh, anything else? Okay, dokie. Let's look around just a moment. I, don't you like to walk around and just look at people? Listen, people are pretty amusing, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I, like to, I like to get around things that are pretty challenging. One time a guy said, you want to ride this motorcycle? I go, yeah. What idiot's going to get on the back of a motorcycle with somebody you've never seen your whole life? Me. He had go to hell and how to get there tattooed on his arm. He took off in this Harley. I laid hands on him. His old wet hair was back in my face. But it ended up really good. Got to lead a whole motorcycle gang to Jesus. See, it wouldn't happen if I didn't. I said to him, hey, I like that bike. You like bikes? Yeah. You want to ride? Yeah. What? He took off there down Prairieville Street in Athens, Texas. Got to the first red light and did a donut with me on the back of the Harley. Listen, you know that there's a laying on of hands. He got it. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, but they had broke into the, out there about the airport and stolen a bunch of stuff. And they were out there like rats in the hay. I go out there and boy, these big old guys get born again. And the, a little gal about like that, right at the end, she comes up, clears her throat and spit right in my face. Yeah. I thought about slapping her into Wednesday, but that, you can't, you know, you have to just, but then the motorcycle gang went back to his family, reconciled with his family and built a youth ministry in a certain town. Isn't that something? See, just because I took a motorcycle ride with him. I don't recommend that, you know, but uh, no, but these stories are true, aren't they? Carolyn's been there in some of them. Back before I got sophisticated, we were going to church and this car cut me off. So I ran him in the ditch, jerked the arrow off and beat the car up. Is it on the way to church? Huh? Yeah, well, I, I, was, I was going to church. That day we, we, you know, we went to anger, man, anger management. No, no, no. The pastor that led her to Jesus, I used to catch him in the store and shove him. A big old German guy, I'd have, I'd have beat him unconscious. Uh, Paul Naus, he's in heaven watching. And a big old German had a head like an Appaloosa horse. Big, big old, big old blue eyes. I'd, I'd catch him in the store and I'd shove him, I'd curse him. And he'd look right straight at me and say, Bobby, I love you. And uh, he proved it. The night I had the shotgun in my mouth, 
I, I went in there and I fell, I fell on old Paul Nelson's neck and cried like a baby. I had never, I wouldn't, I wasn't afraid of nothing. I wouldn't, and I picked Carolyn up. And for the first time in my whole life, I took her and held her like this. And I knew what it meant to love out of a pure heart. And uh, that's when God said, I'm going to send you around the whole world with the gospel. And I said, fat chance. <laughs> but it's happened. Anything else? We had a good time. Stop by the book table. Get the one on angels. Get the one on, um, uh, get whatever you want. I, I, I really want you to know something. I am going to write the book about believers' behavior to believers. He said, write, write me a conduct mantle, a mantle, a manual. That's what I'm trying to get out. All right. You know I can put a rear naked choke on you. I can. Or spinning back fist or, you know, kick your knee out on the way in. Yeah. Yeah. You had never had a rear naked choke, have you? It sounds worse than it is, but uh, it's a cage fighting thing, you know. <laughs> Good. Listen, I'm having fun, but listen, we got all, everything's got to come to an end one of these days. But listen, I'm telling you, you're going to be a torch and God is going to spend days saturating this region and the fire's going to fall. I mean, say torch. I'm telling you. And there's going to be an, there's going to be igniting. Okay. You won't be alone holding the torch. Okay. You'll hold it for a while, but I'll tell you, you're going to have plenty of help and good help. Okay. Say good help. Good help's hard to find, isn't it? Yeah. But it's on its way. God said, I'll provide every manner of workman. I want you to just hold your hands out like this. People say, Bobby, how do you seek the Lord? Here's how I do it. I hold my hands out and I say, Lord, these are not my hands. I give them to you. See, then I say, Holy Spirit, these are not my lips. I give them to you. And I give myself to him. See, and, and that's what you got to do. Holy Spirit has no hands till he gets yours. No lips till he gets yours. And so yield yourself to him. It says, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lust of the flesh. Clothe yourself. It says in the book of Romans that knowing what a critical hour this is, how it's high time now for us to wake out of our slumber, rouse to reality for final salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed, adhered to, trusted in Christ the Messiah. So it's high time, isn't it? To become who God says we are. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Here, I'm going to throw this up. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Any lawyers in here that will admit to being a lawyer? Uh, ask any lawyer, what does it mean to be a joint heir? It means anything Jesus has, you have equal share. That's amazing. We're joint heirs with Jesus and he has it all. All right. Father, I want to thank you for an opportunity to come and share and shine and talk about you. You're absolutely wonderful. They, we want to be more like you, Jesus. We want your glory to shine and be shared all over this earth. And Lord, you said you're not willing any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I pray, Lord, you'll awaken the soul winner within all of us. And we'll be busy sharing the good news that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Help us, Lord, to be strong, threshing instruments with teeth, 
We, you said the harvest is ripe. It's the labors. So Lord, awake the labors. We want to get out in the harvest field and reap a harvest for you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, help us not to grow weary in well-doing. You said we'll reap if we faint not. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. Isaiah 54, 17 says what? No weapon formed against us works. That's that's right. We're we're not going to let it happen. God's going to take care of us. Oh, Kentucky, I got more stuff than Captain Kangaroo. Y'all remember Captain Kangaroo? All right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And who's the guy that wore the sweater? Somebody. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I I didn't watch much of that kind of programs, you know. What a good day in the neighborhood, you know. I was busy watching bullfighting or something. Great time, Bobby. God bless you, man. I'm in about Torch.